The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcast belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. And it seems like 2020 has most of us feeling boxed in and overwhelmed with grading students' work and virtual parent meetings. What better way to navigate the COVID-19 education era than with a wingman, especially if your wingman is the edu co-pilot, Albert Thomas. Albert is an amazing educator who has been a teacher, a principal, and an instructional technologist and serves as the president for the ISTE PLN. He has done extensive work with Adobe Education and is a founding member of the Adobe Creative Educators Creative Crew, as well as a Google Certified Educator. In this episode, we speak about the importance of school administrators to allow room for creativity in schools. Specifically, we discuss practical ways to use creativity in all aspects of education, from the lesson cycle to curriculum planning, as well as how creativity can support district administrators and communicating with the school community. We also discuss the willingness of school leaders to take risks by incorporating creativity whenever possible. Due to COVID-19 and compliance with rules from the CDC and various educational boards, creativity can be the last thing on a school leader's mind. So like we always do about this time, let's collaborate, communicate, and educate with the best educators in the world right here on Flipboard EDU Podcast. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey, and I have yet another amazing guest tonight, Mr. Al Thomas. Al, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to having a great conversation. Okay. Now, Al, excuse me, Mr. Thomas, let everybody know a little bit about yourself. First of all, you had it right the first time. Just call me Al. Most people may know me. I go by EduCopilot on just about every social media platform. So Twitter, Instagram, and you can find me at EduCopilot. That is, it's one of those things where I'm really big on being able to help support educators and be what I call the EduCopilot, just being there to help support advice and life experiences that I can share to hopefully improve the learning experience for others. Really passionate about helping educators integrate technology, but I think more importantly and more where my passion lies is being able to get them to understand and integrate creativity into the work that they're doing. Excellent. And since you stated that, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into that first question. Why is creativity important to you? Number one, let's start with that. Why is it important to you? Yeah, I think in a, just in a nutshell for me, creativity has always been important because it's throughout my time as even before getting into education, it's the opportunities that it provided for me. The ability to be able to creatively solve problems that others were facing and then being able to give them solutions that others were not able to come up with. That gave me a leg up 
and created a lot of opportunities for me. And I think in the education space, I would say the same. I think creativity has always been that, I think, that gateway to create solutions and also create opportunities. So I'm really passionate about creating those opportunities and getting educators and students to understand the opportunities that creativity can bring and creative problem solving. I don't like using the term, if you've heard me speak at any point, I don't like using the term thinking outside the box, but I'm always trying to get people to say, what could you do with that box? But if you see a kid, you give them a box, it's going to be a rocket ship, it's going to be a fort, it's going to be all these things that they just think outside the box. And those things, I just want people to start bringing into the workforce, into the classroom and letting people explore those because it's going to create opportunities. We can help them build those skill sets. So creativity is an important part of the work I'm doing. Um, I'm a firm believer that it needs to be um, a part of every class. It needs to be something that everyone embraces. I'm going to get to that box scenario just because you hit, I, I heard you speak on another podcast and I think it was the Ed Tech, My Ed Tech Life podcast. And I was watching it. I was like, man, that's deep. Shout out to that young fellow. Does a great job on his podcast. He does and definitely go follow him. He is amazing. So he's, he's doing great work. And So I'm going to come back to that box in just a second. But in the lesson cycle, when teachers are teaching and teachers are planning and then administrators are supposed to be supporting that creativity, how do you think that they can incorporate that into support for teachers in the planning and in the lesson cycle? Yeah, I think I would almost I would take a step back from that question and then hopefully answer it as well. I think one of the big things I, I try to get people to understand is that creativity is oftentimes looked at as, it's, a, it's can I draw, can I paint, can I do those creative things that people oftentimes 100% associate that this is what creativity means. And I try to get people to understand that creativity is more than that. There is so much more to creativity than just drawing, painting, and being artistic. I think that those skills are aspects of it. And I also try to get people, to educators in particular, to understand that you're creative in so many ways. And I think that you have to identify those things to begin to be open and be willing to do more creativity. So when I talk to educators, I'm always talking with them about, think about the problem solving, the way you bring creativity to be able to help that student who's struggling. Maybe they're a struggling reader. Maybe there's a student who is not getting a math concept and you go and you find different ways. You go and you research. You find different ways to make it, make sure it fits home with that student. So teachers are oftentimes being very creative, but they don't identify the fact that they're doing it. So I usually like to make sure that is a part of the conversation. But thinking about the life cycle and planning, creativity is very important in that process because it's really thinking about how you can create these opportunities for students. How can you open up the level of comfort for them to explore creativity and to be able to process? Because that's really one of the struggles with our students is getting them to explore and embrace being creative because it's an uncomfortable space when you have a blank space or empty space or you have um, freedom to be able to create that sometimes can create this it's almost this inability to get started and so I think the more we create those opportunities for students the easier it it becomes for them to engage in creative activities and to think creatively to solve problems that we want them to be able to ultimately do so I think it's really about identifying those opportunities that you can create those spaces for students that you're really at the very beginning it's at the inception lesson it's not an add-on or a tack-on but it's really getting in and trying to hone in on making it a aspect of everything that you're doing and building. And I think if we're going to talk about the administrative side, I think that's a huge part because 
being a former administrator, I think it's oftentimes, let me just say that administrators that are out there that are listening, understand your teachers are going to be overwhelmed. When you start talking about, hey, I want you to be more creative and I want you to embrace and bring this in. Oftentimes the struggle is that they can't, they're concerned about what it's going to look like when you walk into the classroom, when they're trying to do this. So I think creating that space for them to be able to be comfortable and jumping in and applauding the effort and getting them to the point where they see that this is, this is something that they can do. So being able to provide that support, that comfortable feeling of being able to explore and create it because that translates to the students as well as because teachers will give students the space to do the same. Hopefully that answers your question. You did. And that transitions back to your box because especially in COVID-19, we all were given a box. And with this particular box, we all had to be creative like immediately right then and there. There's a compliance that has to go down. There was just so many rigid things that had to go down. So how does a an administrator incorporate creativity alongside that compliance piece, revisiting your analogy of the box? Yeah, so I think once again, going back to not making creativity an add-on. I think it's really important for us to think about creativity as a part of who we are as educators and an important component of us as educators. So I think it's really, once again, identifying those aspects, identifying those areas where you're already naturally being creative and you're solving problems. And I think for me, it's also thinking about that a lot of times creativity is birthed out of challenges or struggles or problems that you have exhausted all of the options. So now you're forced to think differently. I love film. I enjoy creating films. I enjoy watching movies. But I, there's a great movie that is not a difficult movie to kind of engage in. It's Big Hero 6. It's an animated movie if you've ever seen it, but it's one of those movies that it has a theme that really just, I think, sums this up. There's a moment where he, where the brother is trying to, his younger brother is trying to figure out how to come up with a project and he can't think about it. So he actually takes his younger brother and says, and just basically throws him on his shoulders and turns him upside down and says, you got to look at this differently. And I think that's a lot of time where we are at in education, where sometimes it's a struggle where we're trying to figure things out and we just can't, we don't have those solutions and we have to make something out of nothing and we have to create those opportunities. So I think it's important for us to be willing to embrace those challenges and not look at those as limitations, but look at them as opportunities. I think we've had a lot of struggles in 2020. It has been very challenging to say the least, but it's also been a great opportunity for people to explore things that they would have never thought of or doing. I know people who were struggling and lost their jobs, but they've been able to focus on a project that they never were going to be able to do with the load of being able to do their work. I know educators who were struggling with being able to get parents engaged with being able to come and be active on campus. And now they're living in a virtual environment. So they've been able to take that and build more relationships were creating online videos and meeting with town halls with parents and being able to engage and communicate. And they're going to see a huge impact of that effort of being able to create that those types of things for their parents when we come back to being more face-to-face because you develop that relationship. So I think that out of those challenges, a lot of times, especially as leaders, administrators, we can come up with creative solutions and we can solve problems that, that can really uh, be beneficial to our entire campus. And once again, it's really just birthed out of embracing those challenges and those constraints and, and solving and coming up with the best solution and then evolving that over time. It has been my experience that the majority of administrators 
were not tech savvy. And so this has forced a lot of us, a lot of those of us who were not tech savvy to begin to be tech savvy. Did you recommend any processes for like creativity or problem solving or risk taking for leaders at all? Yeah. So I think once again, I think it's really identifying those areas. I think a lot of times we think about, we need to change everything. And I think that it's one of the things that really identifying those areas where you can, you can start to make those incremental changes and you can start to raise. It's really looking at subtle changes. And I think one of the areas like that is when I was in the ministry, I think one of the things I saw people doing all the time is, hey, I'm going to put out a newsletter letter for my staff. And this is a weekly thing that's going out and I'm going to print it out and I'm going to put it in boxes. And, and then just a natural evolution of that is how can we make this digital? How can we change this? It's little, but it moves us into a different space. And I know people who took things like Flipgrid and made office hours where someone could scan a QR code and go into a Flipgrid that was moderated and be able to record a video and then have their administrator be able to respond. You're not instantly available to them, but it gives the appearance and it gives the opportunity for them to be able to connect with you. And that's oftentimes all the teacher wants is those little moments where, hey, I feel like I can ask a question or I can get feedback on something or I can request something and I know that I'm going to be able to have the ear. So I think it's looking at those little areas where you can make those adjustments and kind of change and enhance the process. I think it's really, once again, about finding those kind of incremental places where you can make those little steps that you can improve or you can change. And then I would also say creativity involves risk-taking. So I think it's really about being willing to allow your staff to come up with innovative projects and things and giving them the support for those things to be able to flourish. And I think the more you do that, even when they fail, you learn. Google's really good at this. And I think Google gets a hit on this a lot where they are, they will build a product and then all of a sudden it disappears. Google Glass is an example of that came out and people were like, oh, this is the next big thing. Everybody's going to be doing this. And then all of a sudden it died off and it's really not around as much as it was before. But think about everything that came out of that. All the technology that came out of this one project that many would say was a failure and Google's going, but we learned about this and we learned about that. And now we have this new thing that we can put in place. That's creativity. That's creative problem solving. Those are things that can happen on our campus and we can foster that as administrators and leaders. Man, I love that analogy of uh, failure and looking at failure in a way where there's opportunity in failure. A lot of times, especially in schools, we fail and we fail students and we have a negative connotation on failure. But I really think that framework of like looking at failure in a new light, I think that could be really powerful. Do you have any apps that you would recommend to any school leaders that they could use, especially for communication purposes? I heard you talk about changing the way that they would communicate. Do you have any apps to suggest? Yeah, so one of the things, if everyone goes to my website, I do have, I created a creative app database. That's one of the first places I would say you can actually go there and you can search whether you're looking for free, you're looking for something that is video-based, something, just a variety of different apps and tools that are available. And what I always tell everyone is that I don't put anything on there that I haven't tried or I haven't used. And I want it to be something that is living and breathing. So it's updated with quality content where people can go back and use. So that's a great place to get started. But if we're going to dive into a specific, I think an easy place where people can jumpstart using creativity and kind of foster creativity and have a variety of things that they can do with it is using a tool like Adobe Spark. That is a really simple tool that people can jump in and use. You can create things on the web-based version and then take it onto a mobile device, whether you're on Android or iOS. So you have a lot of flexibility with that. You can have something where you can create slide-based videos 
with Adobe Spark Video and maybe take something that is, whether it's announcement or sharing any type of information and put it into an, an engaging slide-based video format to be able to share out. And there's tons of images that are free, icons, and even a music that's available within the app. So you don't really have to go anywhere. You also can pull in your own images and photos to be able to create something that is very unique and tailored to your work. And then within Adobe Spark, you also have Adobe Spark Post where you can create graphics, flyers, posters, and things along those lines. And then also Adobe Spark page. So if you need to create a website, so you have three distinct apps that work together that you can use to be able to start creating content. So that's, I think, for people to get started. Flipgrid, which I've mentioned before, I think I wish I would have came up with the idea of being able to do the office hours, but I think that's a great way of being able to to have people where to connect. And you can use it with parents as well. Like when you're creating content, especially when we're back more face-to-face or even within sessions, you may be sharing content where you can scan a QR code and then people get information and deliver to or give an opportunity for them to be able to speak and share with you within an app like Flipgrid. So I think that those are tools I definitely would say are worth exploring and trying out. And there's so many out there. And one of the things I tell people all the time is that when it comes to apps, you got to date around. Like that is, you cannot fall in love with an app and never explore anything. Sometimes these apps die. The ones I've shared with you are great and very stable and strong. And they're, they're going to be, I think, around for a very long time. But there's a lot of apps that people have that's just closed down as that here anymore. So I, I, it's important for us to date around and find those different apps and then being able to pull those out at the time when we need them. I think that's really important. So try them out, explore have dialogues with other educators, have dialogues with other people on your campus of what they're using, and then check out the Creative App Database because I think there's tons that are there that you'll be able to find a need. And I was on your website a little earlier. I did not see Flipboard on there. However, that's my creative go-to Swiss Army knife. Shout out to Flipboard. We will definitely have to make that a an added and a featured app on there as well. Hey man, you on a lot of different people's shows and you talk about creativity, but I think seeing is believing. So how in the world do you make your Instagram look so fly? That's sick. Like between you, Claudio Zavala and Fred Benitez, you guys like y'all, y'all killing it. I'm just trying to figure out like your patterns on your Instagram. How did you come about planning that? And and then I want to talk about your street walk because you do street photography of just random people. There is so creative. A lot of times when I'm looking through my Instagram and I see what made you choose some of the pictures that you chose? Yeah. So I think for me, when I am on, when I am on Instagram, I'm always, it's a very visual meaning medium. And I think I, I gravitate to that video. I love visual storytelling. So when I'm creating, I'm, I'm usually sharing things that I'm passionate about. I, I think it's great to be for people to see and connect, but it's really something where it, it's, it's documenting the things that I think are important. So you'll see me share quotes and things that are really hitting at home with me that I'm processing. So there may be something where I'm, I'm really wrestling with and, I, and I'm diving into. You'll see me share out like, for instance, the quote regarding mistakes and the fact that, that we learn more from failure than we do from success. And I think that's an important thing for us all to realize that there is so much that we learn. And I heard someone say that success is the worst teacher. So all those things I think I wrestle with. And then it's oftentimes finding images that kind of reflect that I've taken. Like here's this concept, but how can I capture that in an image? How can I tell this story? If no one could read the words, they could look at this image and be brought into and be caused to reflect and maybe adjust some things that, that they're, they're doing or just improving the work that they're doing. I usually start there. I love just being able to, to capture 
content that is that really just makes you stop and makes you want to engage with it. So I think looking, whether it's photos of different people that I've engaged with as far as educators. In the past, I did something that was called EduJournals, where it was highlighting educators and the work that they were doing. Because I think that there there is so many times where educators get caught up in the work that they never take time to be appreciative of the journey that they've been on and the growth that they've had. So I think being able to pause and go, I've learned so much from this person. You should really go check out this person. And I think the people that you mentioned earlier, those are two incredible educators that I would say are doing amazing things. And you should definitely go follow and you should check out their work. So I think being able to capture and highlight others as well has been something that has been really important to me. But I usually identify colors. I have set colors that I, I usually work with. And then I build everything off of that. So if you look at every color that is used in my feed on Instagram is part of my logo. And then if you were not aware, my logo is me. And if you're looking at Tuskegee Airmen, you'll recognize a lot of the concept that is built into that because those are things that are important to me and having that representation. I try to pull in all of those different aspects into the work and just trying to keep a consistent look to it. So yeah, that's usually my passion for that. Hey man, you brought up to Tuskegee Airmen. And I want to go back to your box thing, because what stands out to me when you were talking about the box scenario and now that you brought up the the Tuskegee Airmen, a lot of young African-American males are only given a box. That's we're only given parameters. I enjoy the way you use whatever you got, because I think you do an amazing job and it's very inspiring one brother to the next when I pull up your stuff and I see it and does it get that deep for you because it just got that deep for me yeah I think it's one of those things I think it is for me it is a responsibility and I continue to carry and create hopefully opportunities for those that are, are coming after me I think that there's a there's a responsibility to that and I think for me it's important for us to going back to the creative part of creating these opportunities for our students because some of them may not have certain opportunities that are given to them. So what can we do as educators to be able to help them create those opportunities for themselves? What can we do to be able to help them explore? I shared a story, one of my English teachers that gave me the opportunity to illustrate Beowulf instead of writing a paper about it. That was one opportunity that an educator gave me to be creative and to express something that was in me that I wanted to share, but didn't have opportunities to be able to do. And then seeing what that sparked in others and what they want to do and look at what I'm doing now and the passion I have for creativity was really stemming from people creating those opportunities and giving me those spaces for me to be able to do it. So I think we all have an obligation to be able to be impactful. And and I'll be honest with you, I don't fit in a box. And I think most of us would say that I'm an educator, but I am also very comfortable living in a visual visual space of creating content. And those are spaces I'm very comfortable living in as well. So it's one of those things I think I hate when people are labeled or people assume that just because of the color of my skin, this is where I, what I fit in and this is what I'm capable of. Because every single day, every single moment, I will break that without question. And I think that there are tons of students that are sitting in our classrooms that are incredibly talented, but they struggle with the way you as an educator, the way I have as an educator, shared things or presented things. And then we all of a sudden label them that they just, they don't get it or they're never going to get it. When the reality is that student needs you to find a different way of being able to bring that information home to them so that they can learn. And the other side of it is some of that information just doesn't matter. It's not important to them now and it's never going to be important to them. And if we reevaluate it, we may also realize it's really not that important as well. So it's things about that we need to really look at and examine. Every student is unique. 
every student is incredible. Every student has the ability to make a major impact on this world. And who are we to put them into a box and say, this is all they're ever going to be. This is the limitations. We have to help them break that idea that's been placed on them for so long, especially black and brown students. Yeah, brother, I feel you on that one, man. The Beowulf situation, I remember sitting in class reading that old English and I was like, oh my God, I was daydreaming about Uh, basketball. I was there with you. And and I always joke about that. That was not a story that I would definitely have picked up and read. And like I said, this was a teacher that took a moment and noticed and was willing, who had a heart for students and was willing to look at a student and regardless of how it was going to affect how she was going to grade because she had never done anything like that before. And she needed to come up with a rubric and how how was she going to grade this and what this was going to look like. But she did it and she was willing to create that opportunity. And it's just one of those things where I am forever in her debt for being able to create that opportunity for me. And I know more about that story than I care to admit at this time, but it was definitely one of those things that it created space for me to be creative. Something else I want to brag on you about that I was in awe of is your YouTube videos when you do your YouTube videos. Man, the mugs are so clean. Man, you are man. How? I, I definitely appreciate it. That's probably the one area right now where I am struggling and kicking myself of being more consistent with it. And I think that has been an area of growth that I'm looking at improving and just making sure that I'm staying more consistent with creating. I love creating videos. I had an opportunity at a very young age to teach myself videography and graphic design and all of those those things. And I often caught myself times just playing, exploring, and figuring things out. So I enjoy the creative process and, and taking the building blocks of a video and putting them together to create something unique and something that is just fun to engage with. So that has always been something that has been a passion of mine. I think if we are getting down into the nitty gritty as far as how I do it, I use a ton of different tools to be able to use it. I use things like Final Cut Pro, Adobe Premiere, After Effects to be able to create graphic or motion graphics and animate things and then just bring all those things together. And then I'm always looking for audio. I wish I could do more with audio design, but I usually leave that to more of the people that know how to put those things together. And I bring those in and try to make it all fit and flow together. And I'm probably my worst critic. Yeah, it it all goes back to the creative topic. But um, I think that's one of the things for me that has always been an ever growing part of the creative process for me is learning to to just put things out and being done and then iterating off of it and improving over time. Because I think that sometimes the creative process, you can stay into making it perfect that you never put it out. And I definitely have caught myself in those moments of being able to do that at times. So there are videos that I've yet to put out because I want them to be at a certain level, but it's also one of those things that, that sometimes is has been to my detriment. Man, what I heard you say is that you're the prince of, I'm talking about the guitar purple butt out jeans prince. <laughs> you make it all these hits and keeping them in your vault. Hey, to be in the the same mentioned in the same breath as one of the greatest, I, I am forever humble, <laughs> even with the, the visual graphic. Yeah. Hey, man, listen, this is what I pride myself on. I say it's like every other episode. It's two things I know how to do very well. I can recognize talent very well. And I can eat. So therefore, those are two things that I'm just really good at without even trying. Where can I guess find you at? I think the few places that I would say to reach out and one, my website, educopilot.com. Um, really, I try to keep it really simple. If you just search educopilot in just about it, most places, you're going to find me. Educop on Instagram and Twitter. And I know you mentioned earlier, just the um, street photography. You can go to my Instagram, follow me on Instagram. I love sharing photos of just kind of photo walks and just doing some street photography. 
And I'm hoping soon to be able to release a course that'll help educators be able to bring that into the classroom. But I think it's one of those things where, yeah, I, I love sharing photos. So the majority of the photos you can see on Instagram and then on Twitter as well for educational content and content I'll share there as well. Those are great ways. And then also, like you mentioned, on YouTube, you can search for me there um, and check out some videos. I've done some giveaways recently to be able to help support educators during this time. So you never know when another one of those is going to pop up. So check me out and hopefully we can connect and grow together. Yes, for sure. And I really wanted to get in the the little light band giveaway that you was doing. Man, I so want to kick myself that I did not follow through on that one. It's okay. We'll come back around. So we'll, we'll definitely create those opportunities because I think as much as we can to support the work that educators are doing, the ones that are daily grinding away to find ways to help students, it's anything that can be done to help support is, is what we need to be doing. All right. Appreciate you for coming on the show, Mr. Thomas. Thank you again for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for Flip Tips. Today's Flip Tip is brought to you by my homegirl, Terry Porter, from her blog on Medium.com entitled Making Flipping Easy. There are certain controls in the iOS share dialog box that I use with a lot of flipboards. So I change these settings on my iPad and iPhone to make flipping easy. Number one, I want Flipboard to be my primary app of choice for sharing. Those app icons in the share dialog box are movable. Just press the icon, select, and move it. Number two, there are certain share options only available in Flipboard. These include Promote to Cover, which moves an image you flipped into your magazine to the cover of your magazine. And you can remove from your magazine which gives you the ability to remove a flip. Shout out to my homegirl, Terry Porter, for that flip tip. Thanks, Terry. Subscribe to our Flipboard EDU podcast magazine. Flipboard fam, thanks for sticking with us on this episode. I want to thank Albert Thomas for talking with us about creativity with school leaders. Also check out his blog and his website. Huge shout out to Aileen Laylor and Crystal Vanderboom for the editorials on the Flip EDU Educators blog. Also want to wish a happy belated birthday to our good friend Crystal Vanderboom. Hey, Crystal, we really appreciate everything you do for the show. Happy cake day. Flipboard fam, remember to subscribe to our Flipboard EDU magazine on Flipboard.com. Also, please subscribe and share our podcast with an educator or colleague. Our podcast is available globally and everywhere you listen to podcasts. So until next time, family. <laughs>